0: Guys, my name is Josh. I'm a volunteer here at Revolution. We're glad that you're here. I'm glad the snow is gone and the sun is shining and it's warm and we can start thinking about... Sun things and not snow things, so that's what's good. Hey, a couple things as we get started here, I'll get you caught up. Core group information. There's a questionnaire back there for anyone who's interested in joining the core group. This group is a is a body of people who want to work alongside the leadership team um, that we have in place here. And this this Pete, this group will. Um, kind of assist in what God's been working on here at Revolution. And this core group will be people who want to work alongside with the leadership team and want to help them with needs as they see fit. So, you know, the leaders might come to the leadership team's attention. You know, hey, we need someone to create uh, who is the best hot dog maker. And maybe on this core group, you are the best hot dog maker in the world. And they will come to you and say, make us the best hot dogs, okay, which are not boiled. They are grilled, just for the record. Okay? But it's, it's just a group of people who really want to buy into what God's doing at Revolution and work alongside and help practically be the hands and feet to what's going on here. Um, also don't forget if you're not a part of a small group and it's something that you want to get plugged into revolution, maybe it's a, it's an easier step than taking, than being part of a core group or being part of any type of leadership role. It's just being a part of a small group. It's a group of people who get together. Maybe they're meeting on Shawnee or at B-dubs or someone's house and just want to do life together, open the word. And if we get 200 people, David Dowdy is shaving every single hair on his body. Yes, sir. It's true, you said it, and not just the beard, we are going back, arms, legs, back again, because it'll probably take twice, there's so much there, 200 people, So, but but it's just inviting someone you know, maybe you have that that group of people, either at the dorm, or at your workplace, or your neighbor, just wherever, just someone next to you, say, hey, come to small groups so we can see this ugly guy get shaved, just simple as that, I don't know, but um, but small groups. If you're interested in that, see Eric, see Dave, see Corey, see Jeremy, see one of those people that you see up here on the platform. We'd love to get you plugged in. Um, baptisms. If, if you have, God's been working on your heart to take that step in faith to really um, solidify that commitment and embody that commitment physically uh, to take that step of baptism. Again, see one of those guys because on Easter, which just so happens to be 420, Take it for whatever it is, 420. We will have some baptisms here, and uh, it's a really exciting time and something we want to rejoice with you uh, in that as you take that step. Um, also, last thing, if you are interested in being part of nursery duty and you need training on how to be a part of nursery. There's nursery training. I'm sure there is diaper changing involved, maybe, perhaps. I don't know. Um, But if you need to know how to eat a goldfish, come see me. I've eaten a lot of them in my day. Uh, But if you're interested in being a part of kids, if you love kids, you have kids, you want to have kids, you think you like kids, you might know something about kids, you know, maybe that's something you can do. Just once every two or three months, be a part of nursery. See Autumn, and she'd love to get you a part of that. Um, so that's all the announcements I have. So we're going to just take 30 seconds here. You know, obviously spring break has happened and, and hopefully all the sinning has stopped for the week and we're back here focused. But um, we're going to take 30 seconds here and want you to meet somebody that you don't know. We'll put some music on. And here's the question. The weather getting warmer. What is the one thing that you are excited about the weather being warmer? Is it just you getting, getting your suntan on? Is it busting out the shorts, the short sleeves? What is that one thing about the warmer weather that excites you the most? So we're going to put some music on. 30 seconds. you got to stand up, meet someone you don't know. What's the best thing about the hot weather? And then Eric will come bring the word. All right? So you got to stand up. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is. And this is what I'm excited about with that hot weather.
1: How is it persecuted martyrs in Asia? We're living out their dreams that they was walking in danger. Their dreams were lifting up the heart of the Savior. And living in the way that shows is all that they wait for. When stacking up the cake, but was walking in favor? Living a good life because they brought with the maker. My dreams are different. You know that I haven't changed now. The good life is the life that's late. Yeah. The life, just life The good life. the Some of you have heard I I, I shared the story a little while ago. How just a few months ago I was working in my front yard fixing some things, and some Jehovah's Witnesses come by and they say, Hey, can we talk to you? And I'm fixing this thing, I go, of course. You know, can I, I, I got some things to say to you too. You know, let's <laughs> let's let's talk. No, seriously, because I, I just think. Here's some human beings, I, I need to love on them, they're trying to love on me, and, and so they start sharing some things, and I just said, hey, can I tell you, can I, I just tell you a couple things that God's done in my life recently, just, just a couple things, I mean, this will blow your mind. Let me just tell you about some answers to prayer that just happened like last week, and this lady goes, you know, God doesn't listen to everyone's prayers. And I said, you know what, actually, biblically, you're right on. I go, James 1 says that if we doubt, he's not going to listen to us. James 4 says if, if we ask with the wrong motives, he's not going to listen to us. First Peter 3 says if I don't honor my wife... Man, my my prayers are going to be hindered. He he says in Isaiah 58, if I don't care for the poor, it doesn't mean if I fast and pray. He's not listening. I go in Amos, he says, ah, I don't even want to hear the noise of your songs. You you know, I'm not going to listen to that. He he says, if my people would humble themselves, you know, and, and turn from their wicked ways. I mean, there's conditions. You're absolutely right. He does not listen to every prayer, but he listens to mine. I, and, I, and I said and I I tell this one story this thing that happened and she's like wow I go explain that why did you listen to me you know and, and, and she goes let's get out of here and so her and her friends start walking well, I go, actually if you don't mind I'd like to walk with you because I have some more stories and uh because I didn't want them to just walk away I want them to know, I just want people to know this Jesus because there's nothing like answered prayer there's nothing like no way. I just spoke to God and He listened to me I mean that's my favorite thing on earth. When I ask for something, I go shut up God just. Listen to me, and look what he did. You can't explain this away. And so I'm telling them these stories as I'm walking with them. Man, I went like a block and a half just telling them. And, and one of them looks at me, and she goes, she goes what are you? Because you one of them Pentecostals. And I go, don't worry about it. I, I go, here's all you need to know about me. I'm a human being just like you. And I get alone with that book. I get alone with the Bible and I just read it. And, and, and I see stuff I'm supposed to do and I do it. And I, and I pray to that God in that Bible, that Jesus who died on that cross for me. And, and I, just, I, I just read that and I pray to him and he listens to me and he's changed me. And, and everything he's done in my life, I, it just blows my mind. And she goes, that's your problem. L- that was literally what she goes. That's your problem. She goes, You read that book by yourself. She goes, You can't understand that book unless one of our leaders explains it to you. And I said, See, that's your problem. No, I said, You're putting all of your trust in someone else. I go, Do you understand this is about your eternity? This is about heaven and hell. And you are putting all your trust in what someone else tells you. And, and you understand, man, I think we, some of us in the room do this. Some of the things we believe and do and hold so dear is not because we found it in this book. Just because someone told us, and I'm, and I'm not saying that we don't listen to people who know more than we do. Man, I, I think there's a time to listen, um, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I see a, a lot of believers just grabbing on and listening to someone because they're a popular speaker. Or listening to someone because he's a good singer, someone appears really intelligent, you know, quotes some Greek words that you don't know any better, you are like, okay, I guess, and you just start listening, and you just follow these supposed scholars, and, and, and just like I told those ladies, I go, look, you would never come up with some of these conclusions if you just read this book over and over again. You, I mean, right now, you guys believe that Michael and Jesus are the same person, you really would have got that from the Bible? You only believe that because someone told you. If you put this verse over here, isn't that kind of the same? Yeah, I go, man, just read it for yourself. I uh
2: Difficulties there for a minute. That's why Josh was in the dark the whole time. So we're doing good? Spring break was good. I didn't put you to sleep with the video. All right, so go ahead and turn to Joshua, chapter one. Um, while you guys are turning there, I'll mention that these blue Bibles on the seats—they're yours if you want them. Take it if you uh, if you don't have a Bible or if you need one. Um, just. Take that with you, we want you guys to be in scripture, um, and you know, that's what we're talking about tonight, so uh, let's get to it. Going back to the Francis Chan video, how many of us are guilty of letting others tell us what we're supposed to believe and we don't check it against scripture? There should be every single hand in the air right now. Every single one of us do this. All of us. Whether it's you come to Revolution and you just take what Dave or I or Ryan or Corey tells you or you go to small group and your small group leader like leads you through scripture and you just take that for face value. We all do this. And so... That's, you know, the, the Bible is actually where all of our beliefs are supposed to come from. This, this book, like Francis Chan was talking about, this book is where our beliefs come from. This is how we understand God. This is how he has decided to communicate with us. Not through uh, me talking up here, not through Dave talking up here, or, or anybody. Not through your small group leader, or any pastor you see on TV, or any podcast you listen to. It's not about them but it's about Scripture. And, and we know that it's our ultimate authority, that it is um, what everything we are to know about God is anchored in, and, and we've talked about that before. We know that it's, it's accurate. Corey and, and Dave have both given sermons on, on why we should trust the Bible, why we should trust Jesus was rec- resurrected, why we should uh, follow him at all. How do we know it's accurate? How do we know it's the truth? We've talked about that before. And I thought it was interesting that the sermon topic was already given to me like several months ago about how do we know God more through Scripture? And just last week, Megan posted on our Facebook page like the day of or the day before that I was supposed to give this last Sunday, but we had some weather issues. But she posted, hey, We need to make sure that we're not just following what we hear from pastors or teachers that we trust and line it up against scripture. I thought that was really interesting. I think God was using some things in our group to bring us to this point, to talk about this tonight. And so I know a lot of times whenever I listen to like Matt Chandler or or Mark Driscoll or whoever Francis Chan I'm like yes amen like that's I'm with you and I believe what you're saying and I don't I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily sitting there with my bible like right in front of me I don't necessarily follow up throughout the week and think about what it is they taught and whether or not it's really correct sometimes I'm guilty of taking that at face value I do that here I do that, you know, listening to podcasts or whatever. I may do that in Bible study. I think we're all guilty of that. I don't think all of us could, or I'm not sure if there's any of us who, if we sat down and quizzed you about everything that you believed, that you could go straight to Scripture and give a defense for it. There might be one or two of us that could, that could do that. But I'm, man, all the time, I'm going through Scripture, and I'm I'm talking with uh, Ryan or or one of you guys around here, and you, you challenge me with something, and I'm like, I don't even know how to defend my position. I just know what I believe, right? You ever been like that? You ever been like that here? I feel like that happens every week at Revolution for me. Um, it's actually something that's kind of happened to me, somebody challenging me after I taught here one time. Um, I had mentioned something about the firstborn, something about inheritance, and I had uh, offhandedly mentioned that the firstborn got like all of the inheritance in this patriarchal society, And, and somebody afterwards, because they had studied scripture, came up to me and like, hey, hey, good job, I really enjoyed the message, um, the one thing about firstborn and inheritance, they actually receive a a double portion and then the other brothers get a single portion. And I'm like, you know, I knew that didn't sound right when I said it. It's something I knew, something I had heard, something I had read and understood from scripture, but in the moment it came out wrong and somebody gracefully corrected me. And that's cool. I was pumped about it. As long as you don't come like pointing your finger in my face, then I'm cool with that, right? But God has shown an incredible amount of grace to us through his word. We're not bound to following a prophet. We're not hanging on somebody else's words. We don't have to guess about God. We don't have to just look, I don't know, look around us and just think, Oh, the, the sun, it's, it's powerful and it's where all of life and light comes from. That must be God. That must be a God. We, we need to worship the Son. We don't have to do that. God's revealed himself in Scripture. We don't, we don't have to guess. I think we take that for granted. Anyone? So let's go ahead and jump into Joshua 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to to south of the Lebanese mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the West, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I know we tend to not spend a ton of time, or at least we haven't in a while. It's been a little over a year since we've actually been in the Old Testament. At Revolution, we've just kind of been in some other topics, so I don't know how familiar you are with what's going on here. But the Israelites are wandering around in the wilderness. Moses, the guy who led them out of Egypt, their savior, their prophet, their their go-to guy, the guy that talked directly to God and gave them instructions based on that, he has just passed away. They're they're in the wilderness. They're in the rough right now. They're not having a good time right now. And so they've got to be scared. They've got to be unsure. They've got to not really know what's going to happen next. They don't know what to do. So God tells the Israelites, do not worry. Follow what I've commanded you already. Look to this book, which scripture at that time was the the five books that, that Moses had already written. But look to this book and know it well. Study it. Moses doesn't have to physically be there and lead you. And you know, we're we're in the same position as the Israelites. Jesus isn't here right now, is he? Is he's not on this earth physically right now, is he? We don't have him holding our hand and taking us to the poor and and helping us feed them or telling us what to do directly. He's he's not doing that. He's not physically here with us. I mean, it would be pretty cool if he was sitting right there. I'd be a little intimidated. But he's not. He's not right now. He's certainly here in spirit. But he's not physically here to lead us. It's also interesting to note, by the way, that Moses was compared to the Messiah a lot. That, you know, he was, he was the guy that uh, led them. You know, he, he was their, their savior. He was their direct line to God. He was their advocate before the Father. And Jesus is all of these things for us as well. And, and just like Moses, Jesus left his spoken word. Like he, he left that with his apostles and, and they wrote it down and, and we have scripture to know God. We, we have like actual words spoken by Jesus. And so he's saying, don't, don't worry. It's, I'm not there right now, but it's it's Okay. This hasn't changed. I know a lot of us also felt like this. You know, back in the fall, God, God led Matt somewhere else, and it's awesome to see Matt's here tonight um, as, as one of our friends and, and, and somebody that cares about this ministry immensely. But God's leading him elsewhere right now. And at, at first we were like, God, what is going on? What are we supposed to do? Like, Matt's what helped start revolution. What are, we, what are we supposed to do? And immediately, you know, some of us, me and, and Dowdy and, and Corey and Ryan, we ran to the scripture. The fir- what was the first thing that we did? We lined out a sermon series. <laughs> the very first thing that we did, we went to Scripture. And we realize that God's commands haven't changed at all. Our mission hasn't changed at all. Revolution's vision hasn't changed at all. We have been commanded to take care of the poor in Scripture. We've been commanded to evangelize those around us. None of that has changed based on any circumstances that happen here. And so, we we have to be willing to run back to Scripture and actually know what those commands are and not just show up here once a week and, and just receive it, right, at face value. We have to check these things against Scripture. So you might be asking yourself, how do we actually do this? Eric, I, uh, I've never really been able to study Scripture. Uh, I think it's boring. I fall asleep whenever I do it. Um, I, I just don't understand what the heck's going on. What, what am I supposed to do? How do, I, how do I do this? Maybe you're new to this Jesus thing. Maybe you're curious and you open up this book and it just doesn't make any sense. So I just want to talk about some practical things that we can actually do tonight. First off, what we have to be doing on a regular basis, is we have to be hearing God's word. We can't expect to know anything about God if we're not hearing God's word at the very least. In Luke eleven twenty eight, it says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So all the time, on a regular basis, we need to be under biblical teaching. Most of us, I mean, we do this pretty well, right? We gotta, we gotta, quite a few people here tonight we show up on sunday maybe we go to small group during the week maybe you listen to podcasts or whatever but you know there's there's more we can do because i'm sure not everybody is like that i mean this might be the only thing you hear all week and so we we need to be listening to sermons we need to be listening to to the an audio Bible on the drive to work every morning, like most of the uh most of the progress I've made through um, scripture this year has been driving to and from work, listening to scripture, thinking about scripture. This is a discipline. what I love a lot about living in the East End by the way, living with some dudes that love jesus is like Every day I come home from work uh, and like Caleb or Steve, one is listening to a sermon by somebody. It's, it's just awesome to be around guys who are doing that. I've, I tweeted one time that I love living in a house where there are guitars and Bibles everywhere. I really enjoy that. I, I love that those are our priorities. But this is, this is a discipline. Actively listening to God's word is a discipline. And for some of us, it's not easy. You know, I have a really good friend who I've suggested a couple, couple pastors maybe they could listen to and who have good biblical teaching. And, uh, and they're like, I cannot pay attention if I don't have somebody to look at, right? If I'm just listening to, to it, I will just zone out and not hear a word they're saying. And I, I understand, this, this takes time. How many of you have like a smartphone? Right? There's lots of hands up right now. Download the Version Bible app. They've got free audio Bibles on there. It's great. If you have a hard time sitting down and reading scripture, listen to it. That's, that's cool. That's the first step. Get there. But most important about listening to the word, most important about hearing, teaching of the word, is that you don't check your brain at the door. Did you see a table out there with somebody that was like taking your brain and putting it on a shelf and giving you a number? No. We can't check out at the door and expect to come in here and listen and walk away and not think a word about it. How many of us have gone to dinner or supper or whatever after, after a church service and you can't remember a single thing from the, the sermon? I'm the only one? Really? <laughs> uh, everybody's like, yeah. You know Why? because you checked out when you sat down. I've done it too. I'll get like 15 minutes into a podcast and be like, I don't even know what scripture they're on. Like what, I, I can't remember what's going on. And it's because I'll zone out or I won't be paying attention or I won't be actively thinking about it. I'll listen to it, but I have to be actively digesting it and chewing on it. That's the most important part. What good is it to listen to it and not do anything with it? Next thing we need to be doing after hearing it is we need to be reading it. We have to be reading Scripture consistently and regularly. The Barna Research Group recently put out a survey that said that less than 18% Of professing Christians read their Bible every single day like less than one in five almost one quarter of professing Christians say that they never read their Bibles and I know that's true and that hurts I know that's true of me sometimes Like, I'll get on these stretches where I struggle to really get in the Word. But we have to fight for it. Saying that we're a Christian and and not actually ever reading Scripture, which is supposed to be the way that we know anything about God, um, is like saying that you're a Cincinnati Reds fan and the last player that you could name was like Barry Larkin or Pete Rose or somebody. You haven't watched a game in 10 years. You couldn't even name the stadium they play in. What's going to happen when somebody finds out you're a Reds fan and they walk up to you and they start talking to you about how the Reds are doing right now? Like, oh man, they're looking good in spring training, right? You're not going to last very long in that conversation. Am I right? And so the same thing's going to happen to you whenever somebody finds out you're a Christian. And you don't know anything about God. You don't know anything about Scripture. You're not going to last very long. You're just going to get torn to shreds. And I, I think that's common sense. Deuteronomy 8.3 uh, says this, and it's actually quoted by Jesus in Matthew 4.4. 4. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we're to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God, then shouldn't we, like, actually hear it? At least read it? If that's what we're supposed to be living by, like, shouldn't we be doing that? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So the the question here is, do you want to be righteous for the glory of God or not? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like, do you want to live like God wants you to live? Do you even want to know anything about God? Then, then we have to be in Scripture. There's just no other way. There's no other way. And, you know, the next step that we need to be doing is we actually need to be studying Scripture, not just reading it. How many of you have tried, like, right, we're not too far into the year to say, like, how many of us tried to do the year through the Bible reading plan? Right? How many are still doing it? A couple. It's more than just reading it, though. I can read two chapters a day and get through the Bible in a year, but if I don't actually understand what's going on, then it doesn't matter. How many of us are in a small group? How many of us are not in a small group? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. Get in a small group, right? We've been pushing this for, like, months we need to be in small groups. We need to be in groups that are studying the word together. If you don't know how to study scripture, getting in a group of people that have been doing this, like, it's a pretty good idea. You learn a lot from them. And whenever we say that, ah, oh, it's just difficult to understand, I don't, I don't get what's going on here, like, people, like, quote scripture, and I don't know what it means, or... Like what's get saved mean? I don't even understand that. Um, that's okay, right? Peter, who was like one of the guys that hung out with Jesus, said that scripture was hard to understand sometimes. He's like Paul is pretty difficult to understand. I don't, I don't get it, right? And he hung out with Jesus for three years, so you're removed from Jesus by about a couple thousand years. We understand. It's going to be difficult, but we have to work at understanding God's word. It's worth it. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worth it. Some of the hardest concepts that I've ever had to wrestle with have been from Scripture. They haven't been from like life situations as much, but more like, "Oh God, God says uh, to do this," and I, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what this is saying, looks like this contradicts, I don't understand what's going on. That's okay. It's worth it. We have to work at it. And so this is why we have to actively be ready to, to listen whenever we come in here. That's why we have to be ready to think about it when we go to this book. That's why whenever we listen to podcasts, we have to be digesting what's going on. You know, there are thousands and thousands of people that prescribe to this health and wealth gospel that they just take a couple verses out of context and they think that God's supposed to give them like a a sweet ride and is supposed to give them like super ultra white pearly teeth and, and cash in their pocket. right but that's what we do whenever we don't actually study scripture and we just take a verse out of nowhere. You know, when you hear Jeremiah 29:11 for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Who's the you in this text? Is it 2014 Eric Kimsey? No. Right. He's writing to exiled Jewish people thousands of years ago. Telling them to take comfort in knowing that God's got a plan. God's got a plan for your situation. He's made you promises, and God is like the man at keeping promises. The number one promise being what? Anybody? Sunday school answers. Number one promise to Jewish people? Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to make it all better. I'm going to send to the Messiah. I'm going to, like, rapture you out of this crap hole, and I'm going to take care of it. Right? Jesus is going to go take your punishment for you. You don't even have to do hardly anything. Right? So, (laughs) whenever... That's that's how we can take a, a verse like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and think that that means that God's going to, like, make sure that we prosper, that we, like, have a nice house and that we, you know, do well financially or that we have a cool family or find a nice spouse. That's not what he's saying. We have to go to Scripture. We have to study the context. you got to read one chapter of Jeremiah to understand that that doesn't work. So let's change gears real quick. Say you get really sick. Say you get cancer. And you go to the doctor and you find out that like he didn't even go to medical school. Dude didn't get his degree, uh, has like something he printed off on the internet like he's the the Hasbro, Operation Master, and that's like his medical degree, and it, it turns out that he would just take out the batteries, so he wasn't even that good at it. So, you would, would you go to that guy as your doctor? He doesn't know anything, hasn't studied at all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to him. In the same way, if we're, we're saying we're followers of Christ, then we we possess this heart-altering truth of the gospel and yet we don't take any time to study anything that Jesus stood for or did or said? How are we supposed to tell people that truth if we don't know it? And so we we have to wrestle with scripture. We have to work at obtaining a proper understanding of what's going on. If you don't know how to study scripture, get with one of us leaders, meet with somebody who's a little more mature in their, in their spiritual walk, that's okay, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, after the service, I'm going to post a resource that helps me a lot. Uh, the Village Church has a great, like, how to study the Bible, one, one page, and it's got like a bazillion questions you should ask yourself about every single text, and it is challenging for me, and, and it never gets easier, but I always can find more just by going through this little resource. And I'll post it on the Facebook page. If you don't have Facebook, you don't have uh, a computer or anything, we'll, we'll find a way to get it to you. Just talk to me afterwards. But it's something that has personally helped me a lot, and I'd love to share that with you. Also, get in a small group, right? Get in a small group. That's how you can learn how to study scripture. So the last, the last part here to really knowing God through scripture is living it. Living it. Jumping back to um, Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, right? But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. What are those last four words? Is it up there? Say again, everybody together, last four words. Right. He's actually saying there's a blessing to those who actually do something with it. And so, if we don't put what we've learned of God and and what we've we've, uh, studied about him into actually doing something to glorify him then it's just like what uh, Pastor Dave, who used to be a pastor here, what he would tell us in free seminary, he would say, theology without application is not theology at all. Knowing all you want about God and not doing anything with it is useless. You have like the biggest brain in the world with 8,000 books on your shelves about theology, and you've read every single one of them, and you know more about God and the Greek language and, and Hebrew language uh, more than anybody, but if you don't actually do anything with it, then it's just a waste of your time. So what good is it if we know a lot about God, but we don't actually, do, we don't actually obey God and what we know about him? pastor that I really like to listen to, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, Matt Chandler down in in Texas. Uh, He put it this way. Knowing a lot about God while having no relationship with him is like going on a date with your wife and reading a book on dating while on that date. And, And she's sitting across the table from you and you're reading your book And you you got your little highlighter, and you get to the chapter on what to not do on a date, and uh, you highlight the verse that says, don't read a book while on a date. That's exactly what we're doing, right? If we know a lot about Scripture, and we don't do anything with it, it's like you're in this relationship with God, but you're staring at the book the whole time, and he's right across the table from you. that's a waste of your time and it's not what we're supposed to be doing so what good is it if you know what to do but don't do it studying scripture is not and not putting it into practice is like sitting on the couch watching a Richard Simmons video and eating a pizza and expecting to lose weight it's not going to happen right it's not going to happen and so at Revolution, us in leadership have tried really hard to make sure that we're taking Scripture seriously. We don't, we don't have a sermon without Scripture. We, uh, all of our small groups are going through books of the Bible. We are heavily rooted in Scripture because we know that that's how God is speaking to us. And we're especially trying to take Scripture seriously whenever it comes to the Great Commission. That's why this whole sermon series exists. Apathy is not an option. So if we read scripture and we see that God tells us to go out and tell people about him and about his gospel, then that's what we should be doing. That's a positive command that he's given us. If we don't go out and tell people about how we're all stuck in this rut and there's just no way that we could get closer to God and and that he's already made a way that, that we've just screwed it all up. We've been in rebellion our whole lives, that we've just sinned against God over and over and over in everything that we do, but that God loved us so much, undeservingly, to send Jesus to live in this crap hole for 33 years, live the perfect life that we were supposed to so that he can die in our place because our rebellion deserves death. So he takes that on himself so that we don't have to. And all he asks is for us to follow him. And as followers, he is speaking to us through this book. Dottie recently had the opportunity to speak to some um, Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Mormons. No, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, about Scripture. In fact, he's gotten a chance to talk to them twice. They came back. Which is surprising. Um, um, but just like Francis Chan, he was, he was talking to them about Scripture. And, and hopefully he's getting the chance to share the gospel with them. Challenging what they believe. And he's been challenged in what he believes, too but he wouldn't be able to do that if he hasn't spent a significant amount of time in scripture. He wouldn't be able to do that. I know whenever he told me about some of the conversations they had, I was just thinking like, man, I probably would have shut the door. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if I could do that. I, I don't know, and that just pushes me. I need to know more. I need to study more. And so, going back to Joshua 1.9, I'll read it again real quick. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we know that this isn't directly written to us, but we also know that we can apply it to our situation we have nothing to fear whenever we go out and we share with our coworkers the gospel whenever we talk with them about our faith when we talk to them about the Lord we, we have nothing to fear that God who controls everything is on our side in that situation and has commanded us to do that exactly like you're not doing wrong by doing that in no way he'll make it happen You don't have to make it happen. We have nothing to fear. There's no reason to get discouraged. God's already said, like, hey, my will is going to be done. He doesn't have to promise us anything else. He's like, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it. Now you go out and do what I ask you. He's with us, and we are the vehicle for his gospel. It's time to go do it. We have to. Study scripture, take it to the streets. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for revolution and how you have continued to bless us as a body, Lord. We thank you so much for your word and revealing yourself in it, God, that we don't have to guess about you, that we don't, we don't have to just blindly follow somebody, but that we have words directly from you and we know that we can trust them. God, I pray that we would take those seriously. And I know that I struggle and people here struggle to do that. God, I pray that you would break our hearts tonight to have a desire to study your word so that we can know you more, so that we can have confidence to go and share your gospel. We thank you for what you've done on the cross for us, bearing our punishment and giving us your righteousness. I pray that we can take that out into our lives and share it with those around us. Jesus' name